So it's uh, it's been a minute. How are you? Oh, you know, living the dream, having a blast, oh, yeah. trying not to kill anybody. <laughs> Still succeeding, I hope. Uh, would you really want to know? Actually, no, I'd rather not. That way I can um, testify on your behalf, uncompromised. <laughs> <laughs> how's uh, how's everybody there? Is everyone getting healthy? Yeah, everyone's good. Everyone's pretty good now. I mean, I'm the last one, as you as you have probably noticed, even from even skipping two weeks, you still probably noticed the last few episodes before that I've had this. I've been sick for like a month and a half straight. <laughs> yeah, what's going on with that? What the hell, dude? Oh, I don't know. Finally went to the doctor. He prescribed like three nasal sprays and inhaler and antibiotics. And <laughs> that combination of everything uh, seems to be working. <laughs> I mean, the, he loaded up a pharmacy and you at that point, if it didn't work, I'd have more questions than than. Right. Yeah, dude. Anything else? Twenty-five dollars like, after insurance for this nasal spray. I'm like, well, this better be some powerful stuff. <laughs> damn, is that just the one? That was for just one of them. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, I'm. You know, if it's twenty-five dollars after insurance, I can't imagine without insurance what it would be. It, luckily, it told me it said insurance saved me fifty-five bucks. And I'm like, wow. Imagine. How is this little, <sighs> tiny little bottle of a nasal spray that I use only once a day? How is that $80 if I'm doing that math right? I mean, that just goes to show you just pharmaceutical companies can absolutely ream somebody if they don't have insurance. Like, yeah. do you want to breathe or do you want to be broke? You know, yeah. <laughs> I, do you want to die or do you want to breathe? You know, I was half, had half a mind to just say, you know what, no thank you, when they told me the price. <laughs> like, I'll just leave that here. <laughs> <laughs> just put it back on the counter and slowly back away. Especially because it was delayed. So I was already feeling pretty good at this point. That was tonight, actually. I picked that one up, and they're like, that'll be $25. Like, Are you kidding me? <laughs> you keep it, actually. <laughs> it's like, am I leaving what, We're going to go with no, and then we're going to go about my day. <laughs> Do I have to pick it up, or can I just <laughs> leave it? Anyway. The, the long story short, everyone's doing good. Thanks for asking. <laughs> and uh, speaking of uh, court cases, I was going to make the joke that I uh, spent the past two weeks <laughs> fighting lawyers for uh, copyright infringement for our karaoke bets. <laughs> <laughs> From that amazing rendition. Exactly. Uh, TBD on that front. But <laughs> anyway, you ready to talk some football? Let's do this. Two best um friends. Oh wait, keep your shirt on. It's just a typo. Stop. You are freaking ridiculous. Who think they know football? The Chiefs or the Colt or wow, the Chargers. There we go. Stop thinking, just read. Bring you unprecedented access to the NFL world. Mike White is now on my fantasy roster and maybe starting over Russell Wilson. I spent twenty five dollars to get Jacoby Brissett. Because here, it's real football by real fans. Like a disturbance in the force, as a Cliff Kingsbury <laughs> suddenly cried out in a silence. The 2M Football Show starts now. And welcome into the 2M Football Show. Mike and Matt, back with you after a brief uh, two-week hiatus. <laughs> as we discussed in the intro, health issues, scheduling, blah, 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 you know the drill. Um, but we are back. A lot has happened in both uh, real and fantasy football since we've been gone. 
Since you've been gone. Thank you. <laughs> and isn't the next line, I can breathe for the first time? That's how I feel. I can breathe for the first time. <laughs> See how I set you up with this. <laughs> Thanks to my $80 nasal spray. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we won't bore you with too much of uh, what happened football-wise over the past two weeks. We will touch on week 15 a little bit. Uh, get into week 16 preview. We will discuss the NFL playoff picture. Unfortunately, in the fantasy corner, there is not much to discuss anymore. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We will, uh, we will uh, still visit there and discuss how our seasons ended. But um, that'll be a, a sad note to end the podcast on. Before that, let's talk about something good that finally happened. I think this is rec- universally recognized as a good thing by... I have been making this call since week two, so I don't know if I actually <laughs> called it or if it's just like if you say it enough times, eventually it has to happen. Well, you and I have been saying it on this very show since they since the Chargers epic playoff meltdown uh, last year. But yes, they finally fired their head coach, Brandon Staley. They got rid of the GM, Tom Telesco, as well. This was on the heels of a 63 to 21 <laughs> annihilation um, at the hands of the Raiders on Thursday night last week. And uh, I think it's pretty it, – it makes sense that this game was the tipping point. I mean, we've seen a lot of backup quarterbacks in the league, varying levels of success. Um, the Chargers now with Justin Herbert out for the year turned things over to Easton Stick, which I still can't believe is a real name. Uh, it was an absolute disaster, giving up two touchdowns to the Raiders' defense, both a pick six and a fumble returned for a touchdown. He's been there for multiple years as the back of an L.A. versus um, which I think made them look even worse in comparison to the Raiders, who were also shorthanded. No Josh Jacobs. Uh, they their starter there. You know, they didn't look there. shorthanded against the Chargers. That's sure, for sure. Even with their third starting quarterback of the year, rookie fifth round pick Aiden O'Connell. Uh, they had absolutely no problem going up and down the field against the Chargers team that frankly quit. They completely quit um, on on the coach. And it's easy to see why. We've been calling for this for a long time, as we said. Uh, they've been underachieving for the talent they have on that roster, really ever since Herbert, as a rookie, stepped in. Uh, they, this team should have achieved something, at least a playoff win in the last three years. Um, but they've always come up short. Yeah, I mean, they they have so much, so many names on that team and so much has come together and a few players, you know, their careers are kind of mid to tail end there. How could they not have done better? I think, yeah. you know, the fans deserve better. The team deserves better. SoFi Stadium deserves better. It's just, it's a, it's a turning point for that franchise, I hope. But as we've seen, just when you think it could go get any worse, you know, who knows who the next coach is and what's going to happen there. Right. Um, to, to touch on the next point here, um, potentially Bill Belichick's name has been thrown around as, as somebody who could potentially come in if, if, the rumors continue to stretch that the Patriots and Belichick are going to quote unquote part ways after the season. Yeah, that would be a huge one. Um, I think we might be done in terms of mid season firings, but uh, there's, there's several, yeah, being lined up potentially for the end of the year, most notably including Belichick who's been 
with the Patriots forever, but ever since Brady left, they have had zero success. Mac Jones, it looks like they're ready to move on from absolute bust of a first round quarterback pick. And uh, this team looks like they're ready to blow up everything and completely reset. Uh, Similarly, Ron Rivera's time in Washington seems to be just about up. And uh, I mean, they've just, they've been so bad uh, for so long. And a couple other ones, I mean, people are upset with Arthur Smith in Atlanta and another big name who's been an institution for a long time, Mike Tomlin in Pittsburgh. He's been there 17 years, but um, I mean, this is a similar almost to uh, Belichick in a way ever since losing his Hall of Fame quarterback, Roethlisberger. Uh, the team's always in contention. He has that incredible streak of never having had a losing season, but they've never quite been good. And it seems like uh, a lot of reports that he's lost the locker room. You've got return of diva wide receivers like George Pickens and even Deontay Johnson to some extent, just not blocking on run plays, not really doing their jobs. And Seems to be little to no accountability for that. They're a team that's in quarterback crisis as well. Uh, with their uh, Mason Rudolph has been yeah. selected to start this week, so they are about to have that's their first starter of the season. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, we're done. I think with midseason firings, but a lot potentially to come at the end of the year. How about the Bears? Uh, Matt Eberflus is another one who could be on the chopping block come season end. It's just, it's insane. For some reason, I don't see Tomlin um, being up there. I think that one's a surprise. I think the rumors speculating around Bill Belichick have just been building. Yeah. Um, I think it's a matter of when, not if, and just how ugly that goes, despite what he's done for that. And it sucks to see Ron Rivera's name. I really like uh, Ron Rivera as a coach. But when they traded away their defensive line, essentially, it felt like they were just cashing in picks for, for the draft. And I don't know how you hold the coach to that. It's an interesting one. In a lot of ways, for the teams that don't make the playoffs, they have the most interesting off-seasons ahead. It's like, how big of a change do you want to make? How hard of a reset, rebuild is this going to be? Uh, and that's all stuff we'll get into. because There's only three weeks left of the regular season. Hard to believe. Uh, before those conversations begin for the teams that aren't going to be in the postseason. Uh, a team that won't be is the Jets, but a little bit of news here, because, you know, I can't resist a little bit of Aaron Rodgers talk. <laughs> My God, it still continues. <laughs> Apparently, he could be medically cleared from his Achilles tear suffered week one. Um, First of all, this is an incredible thing going on. Like It is, yeah. <laughs> unheard of. He's 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 a freak. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> it's highly unlikely I think that he'll come back to play now that they've been officially eliminated from the playoffs the offensive line is trash they got Zach Wilson injured last week um so yeah but there there's a chance watch him come back and just get hurt again on like the first (laughs) oh my god that would be the the ultimate irony I guess the Jets are another team with some hard decisions to make about their head coach, Robert Sala, and just how lost this team has been. Um, But anyway, 
Let's talk about a couple of the games from last week. I don't even have any notes. I didn't even finish writing these notes, but we're going to talk. I love what you've done because you think I came prepared. You're an idiot. <laughs> well, our sleepers went 0 for 0 and 4 this week. Three out of the four of them do still have a mathematical shot at the playoffs. Um, your Vikings under Nick Mullins, their fourth starting quarterback of the year. Yeah, uh, I mean, but to, but to give it to the Bengals in the overtime, like it was an incredible game. Favored Jordan Addison as his target. The team looked more complete than what I expected. When I heard Nick Mullins was starting after, you know, what seemed like the trade for – Dobbs. Dobbs, thank you. Like, the savior of, of Minnesota, right? Like, all of a sudden, I feel like it becomes a no-brainer now. I feel like Kirk Cousins gets resigned in the offseason, most likely, and Dobbs becomes a free agent because there's no way you go from, well, is there going to be a quarterback issue to he's now behind Nick Mullins. <laughs> like, yeah. that's not a good sign. But they they – Gave it to the to Cincinnati down to the wire, um, but unfortunately, as often close games come down to a game-winning field goal and overtime by Cincinnati to win. Um, the Trubisky uh, mistakes key just did not work out. Um, yeah, <laughs> thirteen to thirty is a lot closer than that game felt, though. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> that game felt like miles away. Um, however, Mason Rudolph is named the starter for Week 16, so it can only go up from here? Question <laughs> mark. Yeah, and then for me, the Broncos play the Lions on uh, the Saturday night game. It was just absolutely no contest. The Broncos' offense has been pretty. Mostly bad all year. They've relied on the defense playing well of late uh, to keep them in games and set up the offense in favorable situations. Not so easy to do against the Lions at uh, Ford Field. That's where Jared Goff plays his best football indoors, and um, it was it was a beatdown. And the Broncos are seven and seven uh, outside of the playoffs as we stand right now. As Not only that, but the the. The chewing that uh, Sean Payton gave Russell Wilson on the oh, sideline. Yeah. He was not happy. <laughs> what about your commanders? I like your notation there. Uh, skull emojis. They're dead to me. Their their season is over. <laughs> they are now, I guess, building for next year. I don't know. They've got questions too. Is what did they did they like enough what they saw from Sam Howell to commit to him as the starter next year? Um, I mean, that'll be for the new coach to decide, probably, because it seems like all Ouch. but a foregone conclusion that uh, Rivera's done. And the new owners will now just will be will pick their coach. Um, yeah, but in terms of this season, they're they're done. They're officially eliminated from the playoffs, so we don't have to talk about them anymore. <laughs> <laughs> but our other three teams still have a chance. Ironically, they're. I think they're all seven and seven, your Vikings and Steelers and my Broncos, all seven and seven. But the Vikings are currently in the playoffs, which we'll get to in a second. We'll talk about the playoff picture. A team that is no longer part of the playoff picture is the Green Bay Packers. Man. Two brutal losses in a row in games where they were favored and um, expected to win going in. We didn't even we didn't get a chance to talk about the Giants game last week. That was an embarrassment. And uh, somehow it got worse back home, home game at Lambeau, welcoming in Baker Mayfield and the Bucks. 
there's only two quarterbacks that have had a perfect passer rating at Lambeau Field. One of them's Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> back in 2019, I believe. The other one. Brett Favre? No. Just kidding. I'm sure he never had a perfect rating in any game, given I don't think he ever went one without an interception. Is freaking Baker Mayfield from this past game. <laughs> and how is Joe Barry still employed? That is an excellent question. He played way too soft at the end of the game. I would rather be beat by playing press man coverage and have your guy versus my guy and lose that battle and be like, you know what? We went for it and we lost Mm -hmm. rather than let's let them continue to throw it underneath and rack up yards. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. It's the most frustrating style of defense to watch. And uh, I mean, the Bucks took full advantage, 380 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, by far season highs for Baker Mayfield. He is not having a great year in Tampa Bay uh, statistically. So by far season highs for him. And I didn't look all the way back, but I'm pretty sure that's the second highest yardage total in his entire career. And this is a guy on what his fifth team now fighting to stay relevant and keep a starting job in the NFL. And they allow him to throw for a perfect passer rating on the road at Lambeau. That's pretty embarrassing. Um, one positive, they got Aaron Jones back, though he was clearly on some kind of limited snap count because he was pretty effective early in this game, and then they just stopped giving him the ball. Did not understand that, but um, well, if that is the reason. But I do – what else I don't understand is they were on a drive where they ran the ball seven times, and then they got stopped the first two times in the red zone on runs, and then they're like, we're going to run the ball two more times. And it was a bad decision. Like, I get using the run game effectively, but when it gets stopped twice, you can't try it two more times. It just doesn't work. I mean, the whole point well, – not the whole point, but the one of the biggest benefits of running the ball effectively is that it, then you set up play action, right? It's like offensive football 101. The run is working. Um, now take advantage once they start keying in on that. You don't just keep running it as they bring more and more guys to the line of scrimmage. <laughs> Yeah, there's been a lot of questionable offensive play calling this year. Um, and you know it's coming from LaFleur because Jordan Love isn't going to be making all the audibles at the line that uh, Rodgers was doing. So this is his game. This is Matt LaFleur. This is him running the offense, as he calls it. Uh, yeah, back down to earth in a brutal way for the Packers after they briefly found themselves sitting at 500 and in the playoff, in a playoff spot. Uh, I did have a quote here. Give me one second to find it. It was from Matt LaFleur from an interview. Um, This was on the final drive versus the Giants. Um, Joe Barry, or he, well, it's just Joe called man coverage and we're playing it way off, which we shouldn't be, was his quote on the final drive against the Giants. Um, However... People have been quick to point out what difference does it make as the head coach if you're not going to make a coaching change. Right. Yeah, like you hired this guy and it's up to you to get rid of him. I feel like even if nothing else changes, you you should fire him just as a symbolic gesture to show the players and everyone else like this is not acceptable. Um I mean, I I will say I I'm still feeling encouraged by the offense and Jordan Love. 
And that was the biggest point of this season. It, it would have been nice to make the playoffs, and it looked like they were going to for a the moment. The fact there. that it was even a consideration at one point yeah. is more hope than I think most of us had. I didn't have high hopes. I wanted to see improvement. I wanted yeah. to see a rookie make the mistakes and grow and to get it out of a system now so that when all the pieces started coming together, there weren't stupid mistakes and critical moments. I'd rather yeah. have them now than on his fifth year as the starter. I think that's exactly what we have seen. Because it was pretty rough the first like four or five games, but things have definitely improved uh, since then in terms of Jordan Love. Uh, and that, and yeah, that's all we wanted at the beginning of the year. You know, win some games, show improvement, get Joe Barry fired. I think that was the whole checklist. And we're that on was track. my checklist, and I'm still waiting to check a box. Well, yeah, we're close though. We're on track, and you know, pick up some nice wins along the way. Beat the Chiefs. Um, who was the other one? There was another surprising win in there. We just got to keep beating the Bears. <laughs> I mean, that's the biggest game left on the, on the schedule. Oh, we beat the Lions on Thanksgiving. That was the other great one. Those are probably going to be the standout uh, games of the season. But anyway, yeah, we got to beat the Bears one more time. That's, that's the biggest one left. <laughs> All right, let's talk playoffs for a moment. Like I mentioned before, there's only three games left of the regular season, and this is how things stand. <gasps> Starting in the AFC, the number one seed is the Ravens, who are 11-3 and three on top of the AFC North. Other division leaders are the 10-4 and four Dolphins, the 9-5 and five Chiefs, and the 8-6 and six Jaguars, who are holding on by a thread because uh, this division, AFC South, is getting pretty interesting with the Colts and Texans all, also 8-6. and six, uh, But the Jaguars hold the tiebreaker right now. What, what about the Titans? Uh, no. wild card teams are the nine and five browns the eight and six Bengals. uh really impressive what they've done after joe burrow went down uh browning has been better than i think anyone could have expected Uh, there's always a surprise backup and i think this kid takes the cake this year and then you've got gardner Minshew though and the colts eight and six they're the the seventh seed right now and uh, other teams still in the mix are the 8-6 and six Texans, 8-6 and six Bills, who would not make the playoffs if the season ended today, but they're on a bit of a nice uh, win streak, beating the Chiefs and Cowboys back-to-back. Uh, they're out to the, prove something. Yeah, yeah. 7-7 seven and seven Steelers, 7-7 seven and seven Broncos. I even threw in the 6-8 and eight Raiders. They've been kind of feisty lately. <laughs> yeah, for, you know, a little flair. Yeah, yeah, right. It was like last year. Yeah, it was last year. I had to keep including the Packers, even though they were like four and eight, five and eight, and they almost made it. So you can't can't count them out. Uh, the only teams you can count out, though, are the Patriots, Jets, and Titans. Those are the teams that have been officially mathematically eliminated in the AFC. Over in the NFC, the oh top seed are the San Francisco 49ers at 11 and three. On top of the NFC West, then you've got the ten and four Cowboys, ten and four Lions, and the seven and seven Buccaneers, and that's another division that is still wide open, where all the teams are either seven and seven or six and eight. So wide open there. That was a huge win for them against the Packers uh, to stay on top for now. And then the NFC wild cards are the ten and four Eagles, who uh, same record as the Cowboys, so that division could go either way. Uh, but Dallas holds a tiebreaker. And then the 7-7 seven and seven Vikings, 
and the seven and seven Rams as the uh, the final NFC playoff team if the season ended today. Look at that. Rams still hanging on by a thread. I know. Ever since Stafford came back from that injury, they've been they've been playing good football. They almost beat the Ravens the other week. Uh, they've been they've been looking pretty good. And then you've also got the Seahawks, who had an incredible win uh, last night against the uh, they beat the Eagles with Drew Locke at the helm of all people. Right. I mean, it gave me false hope for a minute because they're like um, Geno Smith was going to be active. And then yeah. like 30 minutes before the game, they're like, even though he's active, they're going to start Drew Locke. So I'm like, the only thing I can think of is they made the call to to hold out Geno if they're going to make a potential playoff run. Right. That's the only logic I could see in that. But it it, it worked. <laughs> Yeah, that was amazing. Uh, and then the Saints are also seven and seven. Falcons at six and eight. And then uh, yeah, six and eight Packers. Even though it's probably not happening. Yep, there you go. It's just like the Jets. You're just gonna hold on. In the NFC, uh, the eliminated teams are the Panthers, Cardinals, and Commanders. So that is where we sit with three games to go. Uh, let's take a quick break. Come back and preview Week 16. And we are back. Uh, Mike and Matt here, 2M Football, talking NFL Week 16. And I did not do my homework oh, this week. So we're going we're gonna to have to figure out these rankings together. Um, oh, I, I ranked are two, we on? Hold on. Where are we at? What are we talking about? Uh, okay, we're talking about NBA Week I'm just kidding. I don't know. That's yeah, I, I want to see how far you can make something up without. That's not how yeah. they even break down their the schedules. I don't even know how they say it. <laughs> okay, NFL week sixteen. So, are these first two legitimate or yeah, these first two are legitimate? Well, okay. you tell me. You take a look. <laughs> um, Got to give me a minute. It's a lot to read. <laughs> it is a lot with obviously no teams on by anymore. The bye weeks are over. So we got a full slate, 16 games. Pretty sure Ravens at 49ers takes the cake. Both teams are 11 and three. Both teams are their conferences. Uh, top seed. This game is, this is the Monday night and Christmas, the Christmas day or Christmas night <laughs> game. And a potential Super Bowl preview. These teams are both flying high. I mean, the Niners feel unbeatable. Two, in my opinion, two MVP candidates there between Brock Purdy and Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, which I'm really sick and tired of seeing all these these famous, if you will, like network analysis talk show people rip on Brock Purdy. And somebody made a really good comment in a comment section that I agree with, where. They said if Purdy was like a top 10 draft pick, these, this conversation wouldn't even be a question right now. Yeah, that's that's so true. Yeah, it would just be taken for granted almost. Like he'd be right up there with like the Mahomes and, and Lamar Jackson type of conversation and buzz. Right. As opposed to the last pick in the draft. And right. It's like they don't want to give him the credit for that reason. And, and it's and you, so aggravating. You can bet if it had worked out, like let's say in a alternate universe, if it had worked out with Trey Lance, of course he'd be getting all the credit because he was a top three pick, right? Like you just said. 
But yeah. uh, Purdy, who was the absolute last pick of the draft, so everyone just wants to give the credit to Kyle Shanahan. But I, I don't think that's fair to what Purdy has done. Yeah, he's had great weapons around it, but that's any good team. You could argue Rodgers had great weapons. Look at all the receivers and Brady's early career when the yeah, Patriots were awesome. a dynasty. Mm-hmm. Like You put pieces around your players, and you build teams around players, and that's what happens. So On the other hand, look at how much Mahomes is relatively struggling this year with a subpar group of pass catchers. The Chiefs are on pace to lead the lead and drop passes. I Did would not see? want to be Kadarius Tony right now. <laughs> I was going to say, did you see he had another interception where he bobbled it right into the hands of the defender last week? Yeah, Mahomes was livid. Yeah, did he did he cry at the refs after about that one too? <laughs> no, because they oh, won the game. Yeah. Oh, can I tell you something really quick? You, we're on the air. Let's do this. Well, I thought we were going to have an episode after that game where they lost to the Bills and the Kadarius Tony offsides call where he was, you know, screaming and crying on the sideline and at the postgame presser. Um, obviously, we didn't end up having an episode, but the, my title was going to be Patrick Wah Holmes. <laughs> I mean, that's 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 OK. I feel like you could rework that and it would be better. But that that's a good start. That's a good starting point for a title. I mean, it would have looked better in text form i think but i was pretty proud of that so i wanted to tell you anyway <laughs> you know what I, i'm proud of you mike oh thank you that's all i ever wanted to hear dad i mean matt you, what <laughs> you're getting there you're getting there um, uh, right i like what you said about 49ers look unbeatable the ravens have looked a little bit vulnerable in some of their recent victories and uh now well, home so i'll take them and then, you know, just have to rub salt in the wound. They lose another key player in Keaton Mitchell or Keaton oh, Mitchell. Yeah. The running back. Yeah. Yeah. Because, you know, I can't seem to, even though I'm out of the playoffs, my team's still got to be like, we're going to get hurt every week. Well, you and Raven running backs, I mean, they already lost J.K. Dobbins week one, uh, who was on my team, need I remind you. <laughs> and uh, I mean, this happens to them every year, it seems like. I don't know if it's a Ravens problem or what. Uh, I just know that if you're going to, if I'm a running back in the draft and I know the Ravens are up to pick, I don't want to go to Baltimore. <laughs> I prefer my ligaments and tendons where they're at. Yes, please. All right. So who are you taking in this game? Oh, I got the Niners all the way. Okay. Another juggernaut of a matchup here between the Cowboys and one? Dolphins. I said Niners. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hear that part. Yeah, I was ignoring you. They're at home, and the Ravens have been a little bit more shaky in some of their wins, so I think the Niners take it. Um, Cowboys at Dolphins, I've got next. Both teams are 10-4, and four, and also just one game back from the number one seed in uh, each conference. So between the winners and, and losers of these two games could really shake up the uh, the playoff picture. Um, yeah, this so, is where you start to see teams, even though they're out, like they have the potential to just like ruin a team season right now by just, even though they're quote unquote irrelevant, like mm-hmm. it takes one loss to a team like that to completely tip the balance of the scales. Yeah. And uh, the Cowboys are are reeling off of that demolition at the hands of the Bills last week. Thank you so much for allowing James Cook to run for 600 yards and 10 touchdowns against me in the fantasy <laughs> playoffs. Great work, Dallas defense. Stay strong. <laughs> <laughs> 
Someone's a little salty. <laughs> Not at all. What do you mean? <laughs> uh, meanwhile, the Dolphins uh, just shut out the Jets. Very comfortable win, even without Tyreek Hill. So they'll be very much hoping to get him back in the lineup um, after he missed the game with ankle injury. Cowboys uh, continue their road trip going to Miami this time. It's a tough one to call. I'm going to have you go first. Well, the Dolphins seem to still be firing. I know Tyreek Hill's down, but they've got so much so much firepower on that team. Dallas isn't a team to be trifled with either defensively. However, I don't know what to think of their performances. They haven't they haven't felt like the firepower that they've been for the past like 4 weeks. When, yeah. Until this point, like when they when they've lost, they've lost hard. Mm-hmm. Um, I have to give this one still to the Dolphins. I just feel like the Dolphins have been way more consistent. There's no hate. The Cowboys look much better than they have in years. They've turned a corner, but I have questions for Dallas's offensive line still. And I feel like Tua is going to be able to work with whoever's around him, even if Tyreek is down for a week. Yeah, even with Tyreek out, they've got Jalen Waddell, who's another top-tier NFL receiver, and then uh, the running back duo of Mostert, who I believe has even more touchdowns than McCaffrey somehow on the season. At least he did going into last week. Maybe that's changed. Um, but then they've also got the rookie, Devon Achan, at running back as well. And both of those are kind of big play guys. Um, I will take the Cowboys to bounce back, though. What? I, I've qu- I don't trust – I mean – I was going to say I don't trust the Dolphins' defense. How can you trust the Cowboys' defense after what just happened to them either? But um, Against an even shakier Bills team. Yeah, so I don't know. I'll just I'll take the Cowboys. Just I think they yeah, just spice it up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so those are all the games I ranked. I think we should just take turns nominating uh, games now. So your turn. <laughs> This is terrible, but I feel like this is the way. This this is the way. <laughs> there you go. This is the way. Um, so I'm going to put up next here, Bills and Chargers. Um, not for the excitement, because there's an age-old saying that seems to play out true that we've lived on and we make fun of all the time, but fire your coach, get a win. And I feel like this has the potential to upset what the Bills have started to build momentum on. They tromped uh, Dallas wholeheartedly. Like, they handed their their uh, pride on a silver platter back to Dallas. But the Chargers now have an opportunity for the interim head coach to make a statement, for the players to come together and finish out the season strong. And, you know, it's hard to bet against the logic that they've had. You know, you fire your head coach and you get a win. It has been, we make fun of it, but it's never been more obvious. The Chargers defense, I think, still has me scared against Josh Allen. So I'm going to take the Chargers over the Bills. That is a huge call. I like it. Uh, man, if, if Herbert and Keenan Allen were healthy, this probably would have been, well, I guess right here, it would have been behind these two games anyway. Um, it's interesting. I mean, that's a bold call. The Bills are 11.5 point road favorites, which is pretty crazy. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying about the fire coach get a win. I just don't think Easton Stick has what it takes. Uh, I'll take the Bills. Okay, next for me, how about how about Lions at Vikings? That was going to be my other one I was tied up with. 
the Lions, I think, can clinch the division. Wait, have they already? No, because there's three games left. So the Lions can clinch the division with a victory here. Also deal the Vikings a big blow to their own playoff hopes. Uh, I thought Nick Mullins was pretty decent against uh, Cincinnati last week. And he's going to start a quarterback again, uh, you know, another week in practice with Justin Jefferson, who's healthy. Uh, The Vikings offense can be dangerous and their defense has been playing uh, pretty well outside of getting shredded by. It's been much um, improved as compared to the beginning of the year where the the team as a whole struggled. Yeah. Yeah. It's been so much better under uh, Brian Flores as we kind of predicted in the offseason. We thought it would be better and we're seeing that now. And uh, they're at home, and it's a division game where anything can happen, I feel like. So I'm going to take the Vikings. You know, I have a lot of hope. The Vikings are my playoff sleeper team, and as much as I want that, I'm going to take them. I feel like this (laughs) upset here keeps the division postponed for one more game. It makes everything more interesting. It puts a lot more heat on the Packers because they're going to have to beat the Panthers to even be remotely relevant with this. Um, but these are the, now we're getting down to the divisional weeks of games where you lose and it's going to be a big impact unless you're the bottom ranked team, right? So if the bears were to beat the Vikings, it'd be much less impactful than teams that are like one and one or, you know, in the division. So where it comes down to tiebreakers and everything. Yep. Agreed. All right. So we're both taking the Vikings to pull the upset. I like it. What's next? Your turn. So for me. It has to be the Saints and the Rams. Oh, the Thursday night game. I like it. Yep. It's, you know, Thursday night's been getting a really bad rap lately. But, uh, Al Michaels Michaels is losing his job or something, (laughs) losing his playoff spot. Yeah. I, I don't know. I miss, like, I know Chris Collinsworth can be obnoxious, but when him and Al Michaels were together, I feel like they were my favorite duo to watch. That was a great duo. Yeah. Um, but here you have a battered Saints team against a resurgent Rams. And these are where you start throwing playoff implications, especially oh, yeah. in a division that the Saints are in where, you know, it's one game separating between first and last place. Yep. And the Rams are hanging on to, a, I think, the seventh seed right now in the NFC. So big, yeah, big game for both these teams. Like it's this is almost playoff win or go home, right? Like whoever wins this game has a much better chance at the postseason than the loser does. I'm sure there's some type of percentage numbers out there, but I'm not looking it up. <laughs> um, and I gotta continue the belief in the Rams. I mean, I feel I've always liked Matt Stafford. He's done amazing things. The team as a whole has come together. You know, it's it, they went from really big question marks to the past three weeks they've really turned the jets on here no pun intended sorry jets your guys is jets someone, sorry did someone say jets no I wanna, i'll talk jets. about jets what <laughs> calm down one second you can pick your jets and commanders you know game one of the week matchup next okay <laughs> yeah you shudder and think about those words i'm gonna agree with you and take the rams Derek Carr is on my uh, my bad list, my naughty list. <laughs> yeah, I was my waiting naughty for it. For what he did to Chris Olave this year. Well, got, Chris Olave yeah. couldn't figure out how to catch the ball till later in the year. <laughs> He's got like as many drops as you know Kadarius Tony. <laughs> Come on, not even close. That's impossible. 
I have it on good authority that so Olave missed last week with an ankle injury, right? Another oh, thing that screwed me in the fantasy. Here we go. I have it on good authority that Chris Olave had his ankle stomped on by Derek Carr because he hates himself. I don't believe that. <laughs> I want to know whose authority you have that on. Uh, my own. Yeah, there it is. And then, and then, so he, he eliminates Olave from the equation, and then Carr goes out and throws for 200 yards and three touchdowns, probably his best game of the season. I mean, what does that tell you right there? I mean, he hates Chris Olave. That's what it tells me. <laughs> Tells me that Chris Olave is not necessary in that offense. All right, all right, all right. We're talking. We've spent too much time on this. <laughs> I, I concede that Olave has made mistakes this season. Are you happy? No. <laughs> me either. Okay. How about how about Jaguars at Buccaneers uh, for the next game here? Oh. Jaguars clinging. Actually, both of these teams are. Um, in the lead in their respective divisions only because of tiebreakers. So just hanging on and um, Buccaneers have won a few in a row, obviously, as we just discussed coming off that huge game from Baker Mayfield against the Packers excuse for a secondary. Uh, they've actually won three in a row. Tampa Bay have, uh, they beat the Falcons last week and then the Panthers the week before that. Uh, meanwhile, the Jaguars have actually looked pretty shaky lately. Um, potentially tougher matchups. They got beaten by the Ravens pretty uh, pretty thoroughly this past weekend. And then uh, they're actually on a three-game losing streak, having lost to the Browns and Bengals uh, prior to that. So uh, tough sledding for the Jaguars lately. This feels like it would be a divisional game since they're both in uh, uh, Florida there, but uh, not too far to travel for the road team here. I'm going to take the Buccaneers to keep winning. Uh, I'm going to go with Jacksonville. I feel like Jacksonville has been way more consistent. I feel like they're not going to make the same mistakes that the Green Bay made against the Bucks, playing soft against them. I mean, I think what, every once in a while you need a game to remind people that you're capable, which is what Baker proved. He's capable. He's got weapons. Like, again, even with Baker's questionable year, Mike Evans is still a 1,000 yard receiver like yeah. every year and even got Chris Godwin involved for kind of the first time this season last week had a really big game and those two have both been monsters together in the past so I I just feel like the Jaguars are going to be a bit more prepared from the Green Bay debacle uh, I'm going to take Jacksonville okay I like it what's our next game well what should have been next was the Browns and the Texans Mm. Would it change your mind if I told you that Stroud is likely out again? No. Okay. All right, let's discuss then. No. Um, the the Texans are still battling despite being down. I think their interim coach has made a pretty good – not interim. D'Amico Ryan has made a really good case for his first year as the head coach there with a team that we didn't even think was going to win two games. Yeah, coach of the year candidate. Um. And I think the team still has more more grit. Meanwhile, Cleveland, while they rely on a solid defense, Flacco had just a meltdown. Oh man, so many bad interceptions. But they still with, won. This, <laughs> with this last game. Yeah. Go ahead, you can go on your rant there. You were getting ready. 
just because that was the game that was on for me at 12 o'clock uh, since they were playing the Bears. Uh, I only cared really because of fantasy because he kept putting his defense in a terrible position. He threw should have had two pick sixes in that game. That's how bad it was. Uh, and yet it, one of them was returned for a touchdown. One was returned down to the one yard line. And still this defense only gave up 17 points. I mean, the defense only really gave up three. If you take away the pick six and the touchdown they scored from the one. So, and, and along with those three picks, Flacco also threw for 300 yards. So he is being productive. Uh, so, and it just goes to show how good this defense is that they only allowed that uh, few points and, and ultimately won them the game on that Hail Mary at the end. However, putting your defense on the field that much is a recipe for a disaster. Not that, you know, that the backups here in, in Texans and Texas are the the first stringers, right, as they faced against the Bears. I just I have a lot of questions against a team that I feel like has more fire. Chicago's done well in the past few weeks about, you know, coming together, trying to put together some sort of a comparable season. Um but they haven't had the same grit that I feel like Texans. The Texans remind me of the past few years of the Lions, a team that's kind of scrappy, that kind of comes out of nowhere, and they've made a case this year um, versus the inconsistency for Cleveland. They were, they're a quarterback away from being solid. Um, and I'm going to take the underdog here, and I'm going to go with the Texans. Yeah, they did have an impressive win under Case Keenum last week, but uh, I think the Cleveland defense is too much for him, so I will take the Browns. I think the Cleveland defense is too much for him. Next game is, for me at least, I'm going to nominate Bengals at Steelers. Yeah, yeah, I can go with that. I can back that. Huge divisional game, a lot of playoff implications here. Another battle of backup quarterbacks, as it'll be Browning against uh, the Steelers' new starter, Mason Rudolph. New old starter, I should say. He's he's started games for them before. I was. Did you know he's 28 years old? I was thinking about him as if he was still like only t- a couple years into his NFL career, but no, he must be on his second or third contract by now. Anyway, uh, it'll be him running the show for the. Pittsburgh offense that uh, hasn't been much better since Matt Canada was fired. A decision that everyone was happy with, but uh, hasn't paid much dividends yet. I will take the Bengals and the continuity they've built under Browning. Uh, He's looked good. Did we ever determine if the fire the coach get a win applied to coordinators too, or have we determined that it is like just head coaches? I don't know. I forget. I know we've talked about it before, but I do not remember. I know it's a we we've confirmed it applies to head coaches, but I don't think we've ever figured out if coordinators were part of that. Mm. Um, even though it's been a couple of weeks since Canada's been gone, right? So, right. and I have a feeling that that step may have saved Mike Tomlin because now they're going to have to find a new offensive coordinator. They're going to have to revamp the offense in the way they run it. So it's like, I don't like the Tomlin in the hot seat. Um, I'm going to go with the Steelers for the upset here. Okay. Do you want to uh, pick our next game? I'm looking, trying okay. to remember what we talked about, what we haven't. I've been writing it down in the notes. If you're following along the document. Nope. Okay. <laughs> um, you know what? Just for posterity's sake, we're going to go Green Bay and Carolina. Yes. Okay. Um, 
I feel like it's a tie between that one and Colts and Falcons. Though that's, that's kind of where my mind was kind of tied between. Um, yep. But we're Packer fans, so I'm going to take the Packers over the Panthers. <laughs> Battle of the P's. Um, he was P as big. <laughs> Jesus. This is a family-friendly show. You tell me that every time we record. Are you proud of yourself? Yeah, kind of. Because <laughs> I am. That time, legitimately. Thanks, Dad. That yeah, I mean, was good. But <laughs> okay, you're taking the Packers. Uh, yeah, it's against. Is Bryce Young even starting for Carolina anymore? I haven't followed them for so long. He is, and uh, I'm calling it now. He's about to have his the best game of his career. <laughs> Gets this Joe Barry defense. Um. Yeah, I will take the Packers. They're five point road favorites. That's pretty aggressive, if you ask me. But um, the offense has been okay. We should see more and more of Aaron Jones. That's the one thing that uh, was really working for them even early in the season. Aaron Jones is such a vital part of this Packers offense out of the backfield as a runner and as a pass catcher. So I think uh, as he returns to full health, we'll see more and more of him, which will only help Jordan Love and the offense look good. And uh, you know what my only fear is? Because Bryce Young has had a pretty rough rookie season. My only fear for this game is that the defense looks good again, and then Matt LaFleur is, is hoodwinked into keeping Joe Barry around. <laughs> I, I already assumed that was going to happen. Like, we're, like, we can't get rid of this guy. I don't know what else to do. I agree with you, though. I will take the Packers. Yes. Um, Colts Falcons, as you said, was going to be next. That's what I'm going to put forward here. Another battle between teams vying for playoff positioning. Actually, while the Colts are in, as it currently stands, uh, they might be without their leading receiver, Michael Pittman, after he that brutal hit he took against the Steelers last week. You know, I didn't get to see that when it happened. However, the good people on social media had it replayed. So I was actually able to see the hit because they wouldn't show it again by the yeah. time I got to see it. And I was like, how did he even, like, have Walk. any sort of consciousness? Yeah, because he did. He walked off the field after a, a little while being down. That hit, Like, his that, head looked like it got bent backwards. And I'm like, you know, I'm not a doctor. Died from that. Yeah, Jesus. But you're you're not supposed to do that. Uh, yeah. So that would, that would be a big blow for the Colts. They could also be without uh, Zach Moss, who has been doing well as their running back with Jonathan Taylor injured. So they might be without all those guys. Uh, but Gardner Minshew is having a pretty nice year for them. Uh, going up against the Falcons, who are switching back to Taylor Henneke. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Uh, <laughs> surprisingly, the Falcons are one-point favorites, uh, I guess because they're at home. That gives them a little nod. But I will definitely take the Colts to win this game. Yeah, I don't uh... – You know what? I'm going to go with the Falcons. I feel like Smith's finally gotten his act together. He's using Bijan Robinson and Kyle Pitts the way, I don't know, they were drafted to be used. Um, so maybe as his mustache starts to grow back, his brain started to grow back. Gets his powers, yeah. <laughs> um, and and I don't know. I've had this, this, this whole week. I'm just picking like the underdogs here. Well, they are favored, so technically I picked oh. the dog in this matchup, but... Point I, clearly, I don't listen when you talk. 
Well, that's been established, yeah. <laughs> um, but I, fe- I feel like that Minshew can give them a run for their money here. And this is another game I truly feel comes down to the winner goes to the postseason and the loser is going to have one hell of a ladder to try to climb. That's true. I mean, especially if Atlanta loses, they're already – if they lose this, they'll fall to six and nine, likely two games back with two games to go. So – uh, they'd have to win out at that point, which seems unlikely. So, yeah, I definitely agree with that. All right, what's our next game? Our next game is going to be the Seahawks and the Titans. Right? I like it. Okay. Whew. Didn't pick that one yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've got the the legacy that is Drew Locke last week, and this is a game where, again, Tennessee is technically – out of contention. However, if they beat Seattle, it makes Seattle like in a really bad spot real quick. Yeah. So it's like, it's, it's, I mean, you never just want to walk into this. This is a game that Seattle could easily lose if they walk in thinking that Tennessee's got nothing. Yeah, this is true. Classic uh, trap game, right? Yep. And so I feel like Seattle's got to be on point, but, I mean, there have been rumors for Mike Ver, um, Vrabel mm-hmm. as a potential head coach for the Chargers next year as well. Oh, so I'm wondering, I wonder if those rumors might get into his head a little bit and he might slip up here. Um, I have to I have to take the run that Seattle's on. I think the Titans just have they have they're not playing the way they should. That defense is just not helping them. Yeah, that's true. And uh, Will Levis has been up and down as a rookie. I think he also has an ankle strain, so he might not be able to play here. Um, meanwhile, it's a game the Seahawks are going to need to stay in the playoff hunt. I want to take the Titans, but I can't do it if do Levis has been playing. Do it. I've got the Titans. They beat, yeah. they beat Miami a couple weeks ago. And that's why don't. that's why I really do agree with the whole idea. This is completely a trap game. Yeah. Yeah, because they've still got Derrick Henry. Uh, Tajay Spears is also contributing as more like the pass catching option out of the backfield. Uh, they've still got DeAndre Hopkins, who's had a few splashy big games with with Levis at quarterback. Um, and they've got a defense that can at least stop the run sometimes. And a great coach in Mike Vrabel. So, yeah, you know what? Yeah, screw it. Give me the Titans. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Next game. Uh, getting to be slim pickings here. How about Giants at Eagles? Did yeah, you okay. I, I, could, I could see where you're kind of going with it. Divisional game. So, you know, always fun. Did you know the Giants have – oh, before they lost to the Saints last week. <laughs> they were on a three-game win streak. No, I don't know how I missed that fact. With uh, DeVito at the helm, not Danny. Tommy is that is that his name? Tommy DeVito, yes. Yeah, so they they're three and one. Danny DeVito. <laughs> I mean, I did that in in jest so many times that now my brain is just doing it reflexively. <laughs> so they they're three and one over the last four games. Meanwhile, the Eagles are one and three, having lost three in a row. And in all the games, their offense has struggled. In the past three games, the Eagles have scored 17, 13, and 19 points. They haven't even broke 20 over the past three weeks. 
something is is very broken with the Eagles' offense right now. Uh, and I'm still going to take them to win, but I think the Giants could give them a run for their money. You know what? I'm going to do it. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'm going to take the Giants because, I yeah, I I don't know what's going on with the Eagles. There's so much firepower. They have such a good line, but both sides of the ball don't seem to be gelling. Although, to be fair, they lost both their coordinators, right? Yeah. So we, we expected a little bit of issue, but by this point of the season, you got to kind of have your game together. Yeah. And with Dallas kind of surging through the division, vision the way they have been like the east could be a really rampant spot and this again if the giants beat the eagles and dallas wins over the dolphins again it forces that very weird set of circumstances where the eagles may not lead the division by the end of the week i mean there's 50 other things that have to happen i'm sure (laughs) yeah but just basing it off of a few games, like it's really these things right now, these last three weeks can change so fast. Yep. Okay. My picks. Okay. Uh, uh, man, I don't like any of these. Uh, let's go with the least bearable one. The chiefs and the Raiders. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Um, no other reason other than it's the Chiefs and the Raiders and they're the least garbage options left. <laughs> the Chiefs, I feel like people are people are figuring them out. I feel like that they were this scary entity labeled the next dynasty and people have started to kind of figure out what they're about. Um, so I think that helps with, you know preparing for them as they once did the, you know, their, their wide receivers aren't helping with all the drops. Yes. Right. And the Raiders, man, they're coming just with a vengeance against teams. They're there to show like the whole team's refired up. I'm just going to say only one of these teams has scored 60 points in a game this year. And it's not the chiefs. (laughs) Right. If you had that fact, how many people would believe you? (laughs) I'm going to take the Raiders. I, I mean, I, I really like it. Um, all of a sudden, I mean, just compare the weapons. The Raiders have Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, who's been contributing. He even threw a touchdown last week. Uh, Josh Jacobs when he's healthy. But, I mean, they've got more firepower, arguably, than the Chiefs with that collection of spare parts at receiver and an aging Travis Kelsey, who's also distracted these days, let's just say. <laughs> I'll still take the Chiefs, but... I think it'll be a good game. I don't understand them being 10-point favorites. I would uh, take the Raiders to cover that. Okay, if my <laughs> my eyes are correct, we have three games left here, and they're all gar- – I'm going to pick Cardinals-Bears. Uh, okay. One. At least you have two kind of exciting quarterbacks in Kyler Murray and Justin Fields. Um, I don't know what the Cardinals are playing for at this point. Uh, but the bear, I mean, Fields Pride. is Yeah, I guess. Fields is fighting for his job. Eberflus is coaching for his job. Um, and the Bears are at home, so I'll I'll take Chicago. Yeah, I don't I've I have I don't think I've ever had faith in the Cardinals. <laughs> I mean, even with I mean Kyler Murray has not looked good <laughs> since he came back from that injury. He's throwing bad interceptions left and right. 
Well, and that was supposed to be the whole thing, right? Like he comes back and this team revamps and everyone sort of gathers around and it's all good to go. And it just never, ever panned out the way it was supposed to. Not at all. So, yeah, I got to go with Chicago. Okay. We're down to two. Which one are you going to leave me with? Uh, You know which one I'm going to leave you with. Come on now. Flip a coin. What do you think I'm going to leave you with? So what do you think is the next game that I'm going to talk about? I already wrote it in the document. Patriots Broncos. Yep. (laughs) I got to leave you with your Jets. Oh, absolutely. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, the Broncos lost this past week. New England's just a train wreck. Um, I don't have much to say. I think the Sean Payton, Russell Wilson romance that started to blossom may be coming to a head again. Um, after that performance, I think the defense is tired of uh, their offense not performing for the past, what, two, three seasons now? Yeah. At least. Um, but I have to take the Broncos over the Patriots. The Patriots are just done. They looked better under Bailey Zappi. Yeah. But they're they're not complete at all. This game has the lowest over under the week at 34 and a half total points. <laughs> I feel like that's still too generous. I know. I mean, it's disgusting. And I'm so glad this is on primetime Christmas Eve. Uh, what better be place to portray an embarrassment. Right. Yeah. Gather around everybody. It's, t- it's time to watch <laughs> six combined points be scored. <laughs> yeah. I'll take the Broncos. Okay, and that brings us finally. Thank you for leaving this one for me. Commanders at Jets. What a matchup. <laughs> uh, the uh, Let's see. I mean, the one thing to say about the Commanders is they can put up points. Sam Howell, he's like Brett Favre, right? He's going to throw. Oh, my God, you did not. He's going to throw two to three picks per game, but, uh, you know, you can also You're throw. You're going to have to do the rest of the show by yourself. You can also throw. Well, wait till I get to the Jets and start talking about Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> oh, my God. So, at least the Commanders have that going for them. How did you do that? What was that? That was me repeatedly beating my head against the microphone. Because I know you're going to talk about. Aaron Rodgers. Okay, yeah, so that's the Commanders. They they have no defense anymore, uh, but they they can score some points. On the Jets side, uh, Zach Wilson probably not playing again this week with the concussion, which means it'll either be uh, oh, what is it, Trevor Simeon? <coughs> Trevor Simeon. Who is that other guy they got? Oh no, they cut Tim Boyle, so he's gone. Uh, Trevor Simeon or Aaron Rodgers. There it is. This is where I I appreciate your time, everybody. Mike's going to take it from here. Expected to be medically cleared this week. Uh, So what I'm telling you is it's basically Brett Favre against Aaron Rodgers. (laughs) (laughs) Just kidding. There's absolutely no chance. There's there's no chance Rodgers plays. Why he's not going to come back for a team that's already eliminated from the playoffs behind an offensive line that already you got know that. and another quarterback killed this season. He's not going to let them do it to him a second time. I mean, <laughs> I'm taking the Commanders. Not that it even matters. 
I have way more faith in the Commanders than I do the Jets. Somehow, Vegas is against us on this one. The Jets are three-point favorites. How can how can a team be three-point favorites if they can't even score three points in a game? I mean, you have a very excellent question there. I you'd have to ask Vegas. Although, to be fair, we laughed at Vegas at the beginning of the year with Detroit taking the NFC North. And uh, I just want to say that it's very likely that's what happens. <laughs> well, you can't win them all. <laughs> Are you taking Washington? Yes. Okay, just for posterity. Had to get that on the record. Okay, let's take a quick break and then come back to a very sad fantasy corner. (laughs) Now, let's take a trip down to the fantasy corner. And we're back, Mike and Matt, 2M Football. Checking in on our fantasy league, which is... uh, Over? All but over for us, unless... I wonder if there's still a chance we meet in the consolation bracket now. I don't know. Because I don't know. I am so mad. I shouldn't be. But, like, why this week does my team show up to play? Yeah, so Matt, unfortunately, did not make the playoffs. Although, yeah, had a huge, huge week in the consolation bracket. 147, which was actually that you were the highest scorer in the entire league this week. <sighs> but my trend uh, continues. Keon Mitchell went down. It's now marked as IR on my roster. Mm. So I continue my trend of just pick up a player and lose them. It's fine. I um, did make it into the playoffs um, with with wins in the final two weeks of the season, but went out in the first round to Peter. Thanks to, hold on, let me, oh yeah, James Connor or James Cook. 75,000 fantasy points against the pitiful Dallas defense. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he... He won even with the zero from his tight end and two from his defense. I don't know. I you know what you know what ironically killed me and it's actually poetic in a way. It was my Jets. <laughs> it that can't be more beautiful. Reese Hall and Garrett Wilson put up a combined six fantasy points <laughs> as the Jets as a team put up zero NFL points in that game. I know what's even scarier. I left 30 points on my bench if I had started Clyde Edwards-Alaire and Dontavian Wicks. If I had put Wicks in over Dobbs and Alaire over Mitchell, I would have had like almost 170 this week. That's crazy. I, I put up 119, which is, I don't know, respectable, I guess. But Peter put up 134, and that was even without... Uh, Without Jalen Hurts in his lineup, he, he took him out for some reason and played no quarterback. So that's just embarrassing. <laughs> I mean, if you were going to stick it to someone, like, that's, or, the, you know, it probably that. I like to think uh, maybe he did it out of respect. Just didn't want to blow me out of the water and uh, disrespect me. Like, uh, didn't some coach say that this past week? I don't know. Didn't want to run up the score. <laughs> Doesn't matter. My team is terrible. But anyway, Michael Pittman, just so I let me complain about it for a second, because it's the last time this year. Michael Pittman was having a great game. He already had four catches, 78 yards in like just over a quarter before he took that that dirty illegal hit that knocked him out. So that was unfortunate. 
Baker had a huge game. Baker was my MVP this week, if it had mattered. He almost doubled Lamar Jackson's score uh, with 30 points from those four touchdowns. Damn. Uh, Trey McBride was probably my best pickup of the year at tight end. He's been so solid. 15 points from the tight end, which is pretty great. I had two great pickups. One's on IR, and that was Tank Dell from you, and then oh, Kyron yeah. Williams. Yeah, yeah, Williams had another big game, didn't he? 22, yeah, look at that. Anyway, it's all over. Let's see, what's the constellation bracket look like? It didn't make any sense to me when I looked at it, because my thought was the same thing. But yeah. I don't know, do you want to go up against my team right now? <laughs> <laughs> Lose to you for a third time this year and sing again and get our podcast lawsuited into oblivion. Gets <laughs> <laughs> permanently shut down. This is the last you hear of us. <laughs> well, I guess that's probably as good a note as any to end it on. It's all over for fantasy. Till next year. Till next. That's right. I mean, I'm already doing mock drafts, so just kidding. <laughs> I was gonna say, don't be, don't be dumb. Well, we have the added wrinkle this offseason of, of the keepers, so we have to decide which two players uh, we're going to keep for next year. Thank God you're in charge of keeping track of all that, because I'm lucky well, I remember how to draft my team. I don't know how this is going to work, honestly. I don't, know what the, I don't know what the website does, because it, it knows there's an option for keeper leagues, so I'm hoping it keeps track, uh, but otherwise... Well, all I'll I, say is this. I don't know if it made automatic decisions, but like... Not that I would, but if I went to Justin Jefferson, it says cannot drop. Oh, yeah, there's a list of undroppable players um, from the website. So, I mean, I don't know if it makes an assumption like you're locking in. Because <coughs> it was, like, I don't know how it makes that call. I don't know. That's one for the... Uh... For the off season to figure out, but I, I had that same thought. I'm like, do I need to? Is it going to keep everybody's roster until like two weeks before next year's draft, so we can decide who to keep and make it official? I don't know. I need, to, or do I need to like screenshot everybody's roster at the end of the season to make sure we don't lose it? It just wipes everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like uh, I want to keep Christian McCaffrey. Pretty sure he yeah, so I had um, Justin Jefferson, Christian McCaffrey. Right. I had Mike Evans. Uh, we keep both of those guys in the first round somehow. <laughs> you, you can't prove. I wish we could trade draft picks and like if we we could trade like some of our money. I would love to one day maybe turn this into a dynasty league. Maybe <laughs> just a thought. Remember we were in that one together for a while. Yeah, that was dumb. Yeah, it was stupid. But dynasty is a fun way to play because you have all that into consideration, the draft picks and everything else. You actually get to be an owner? Yeah, pretty much. I'm in a few, and I'm doing a terrible job. I basically pulled a Rams and went all in on one season, Lost, except I lost in the Super Bowl, and now I have no more draft picks, and all my players are old and hurt. I have Aaron Rodgers. Kind of like us. I traded for Aaron Rodgers in that league before the season. You did not. And then when he got hurt, I traded for Zach Wilson. <laughs> are you joking? I'm not joking. <laughs> My starting quarterbacks were Matt Stafford and Aaron Rodgers. Uh, so, like, the oldest quarterbacks in the league, too. And it's dynasty, so you want you don't want old guys. It's bad. It's really bad. Anyway. <laughs> Mike, I knew you were dumb, but I didn't think you were this stupid. 
Yes, you did. Don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't we have Zach Wilson in that old in that dynasty league? <laughs> that would have been right when he entered the league, probably. Yes, yes, he was a rookie, and he, we were actually, yeah, anyway. Anyway. <laughs> I think we're going to end there because everybody now knows Mike's draft strategy. A lot of regrets over the years. Most of them somehow ultimately Jets related. (laughs) Unbelievable. See you next week. (laughs) Bye, everybody. Thank you for listening to the 2M Football Podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us on our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at 2M Football Show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family, and others who may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans. And remember, we will see you next week on the Gridiron.